1: Wesson Walker back at it. Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Appreciate you sharing your middays with us from 12 to 3 p.m. Sports Radio 927 FM. You can text us on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line 704 570 9610. Again, that number is 704. 704- Five seven zero ninety six ten. An excellent night in round ball last night. How about Carolina getting the dub? Wake Forest getting the dub. That's right. Them deep. And the Charlotte Hornets getting the win. They did. All of us can live in harmony. This guy yesterday said, "I don't know why I'm known as the Hornets slash NBA hater," and then he does a fart noise as soon as I mention a Hornets victory right. because he's such a hater. Right. And yesterday he said, "I don't know why I'm tabbed with that reputation," and then he gives you a fart noise immediately twice now. Yeah. He did it at the fishbowl. Now here he is.
2: All I'm trying and to never do never has anything positive to say about NBA basketball.
1: Never. And all I'm trying to do is celebrate one Hornets win, the first one that we've had in eleven games. All I'm trying to do is celebrate that, and Fiddy just wants to give us stupid noises on the microphone when I try to give them a little credit. You wanted to go on the mic? Get on the mic. What you got? What you got for the Hornets? What what, what do you want to say, Fiddy? Well, that was for the Wake Forest win, and also, I can't celebrate their success, man. I got peanut butter on my head on the line until they have officially lost more than What? Forty three games? <laughs> nope. No, it's thirty seven. Thirty seven is the mark yep. that we're reaching for. And you're not gonna you're not gonna have that be a problem. They're not gonna get to thirty seven. Hey, Th- this never is know, why man. I want to celebrate this victory. And Bradley shooting blanks, your boy, Fitty, he said, um, Duke won two. That's right. I was just saying Maybe. everybody that, you know, a team any team that somebody pulls for here got the win did, last uh, night. But Duke did get that victory. Did Queens play? No. No. They did not. Queen, so, if Queens got the victory, that'd be great too. Man, I haven't had so much winning in basketball in the Queen City and uh, the surrounding areas, but we did <laughs> last night. That was awesome. Now, here's the thing we're going to talk about the Charlotte Hornets. Terry Rogier going absolutely bananas. Clutch Terry Rogier taking the Jerry West Award away from De'Aaron Fox last night. He won the inaugural Clutch Player of the Year award last year, and it was a fun guard battle between De'Aaron Fox and Terry Rogier. Terry was more clutch. We're going to celebrate that. We're going to figure out whether you should trade him at the deadline because if you trade him, not much else outside of Brandon Miller. Hopefully, Lamella Ball can come back. Um, we're going to celebrate all of that. And we're going to war cry. We are going to war cry. We're going to war cry in just a moment, though, because
2: mm.
1: as we mentioned with Street Turkeys, we had a take or dare punishment. Uh oh. And we're going to take care of our first punishment today. All right. I don't – I didn't – I'm surprised that you guys didn't see me bring in the costume. I have the costume (laughs) – Right. Didn't here. See. Oh, you said you had the desk. You yes. said you had to get I, the car. <laughs> I had to go to the car, but then I just had it under my armpit. I was like, well, I'll try to hide it, but they're gonna see it because it's this big black and yellow monstrosity with wings and a stinger on it. And I'm about to have to put this on on top of my cap with Antenna on it. So now I gotta I gotta wear the Bumblebee costume because of the take or dare punishment week that we had for street turkeys. Big shout to all of the people that donated to Loaves and Fishes, Friendship Trays, Second Harvest Food Bank of Metrolina. Because of that, because if you donated $100 at a time, we would each have to undergo a punishment, and this is the month that we're going to try to take care of most of them. And so Fitty has been most excited for me wearing the Bumblebee costume, I'm not quite sure But I think a picture of me wearing said Bumblebee costume still shows up if I text. Oh, it's about to be
2: plenty of content.
1: And so now we're going to have plenty of content. And so we can (laughs) go ahead and get it started. Maybe we can do the war cry. I'll put on the costume. We can get off the bus and there can just be mayhem to lead us off on Wesson Walker. Let's go, man. I'll count down to three, and then all of the chaos will ensue. Let's go ahead and start it. Yell in your cubicle. Yell at the intersection. Let's all hit it. One, two,
2: three.
0: Let's get it.
1: It's time. Let me put it on here. Because this thing looks absolutely ridiculous. looking like.
2: Let's do it, baby. The Look- formation. Now, I usually try
1: to do this stuff on air, but I don't think it looks very good. I know I'm putting it on right now. You can see on Wesson Walker. Go follow us on social media. Yep, we'll have
2: it up in the next 20 minutes. All right, you're going to have to help them. I feel like we should be playing the um, oh, what's that song with the little girl that runs around in the bee costume yeah, uh, like from back in the day? Thing. They used to play it on MTV all the time. Oh, yeah! I can say all right, we got the bumblebee my costume life is on, really and now I got my intent <laughs> on. Here we go! Yeah, man, <laughs> it's documented. Now, now, hold on, we need a buzz, buzz before you get going. Buzz, buzz. Bzz, bzz, bzz.
1: I wanted to say, you know, a couple things. What kind of bee
2: are you? Are you a Hornet? Are um, you a... Clearly a Bumblebee.
1: All right. You know, this right. is what I am. Clearly a Bumblebee. Uh, D2 Kicker said, just actually screamed in the work van, and damn, it actually felt good. Fort Mill Doesn't Niner... Doesn't it?
2: It's invigorated.
1: Yeah, Fort Mill Niner did say, don't worry, Walker, Niner's lost again, so there's that. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring that one up, but the, the 49ers, they did lose. But yeah, here we are. Bumblebee costume. yeah. Punishment yeah. number one. Taken care of. And I will wear it for the rest of the show. And then, you know, we'll see. I really should have used the bathroom beforehand. That's something I did not think about because this uh, thing does extend past yeah. that region. Yeah. So, anyways, all right. I'm going to be <laughs> delivering some actual serious takes in this thing. And so, this is going to be very weird talking about David Tepper's statement wearing a bumblebee costume. But I did it in part, too, because the Charlotte Hornets, they got the win against the Kings last night 111 to 104. Do you believe? in miracles after midnight that's the question because now you can make the argument that it's happened three times the first one having happened with troy daniels going crazy what i don't even know how many years ago i guess it was the 16th season When DeMarcus Cousins goes for 56 points, Troy Daniels goes for over 20, hits a bajillion three-pointers. They get the victory over the Kings in double overtime after midnight. Then you go a few years back, three years ago now, P.J. Washington catches fire. Malik Monk able to win on an and-one. Terry Rozier hits three free throws. To get them the victory over the Kings after being down eight with just over a minute left, that was Miracle After Midnight Part 2. I don't know if this is a real Miracle After Midnight. The fact that you had so many guys out, Brandon Miller, a late scratch for this game, at first it was a hip contusion, then it became an illness that Steve Clifford revealed after the game in some post-game comments, but the starting lineup did not look like what a normal NBA starting lineup should look like, and yet still, they beat a team, Wes, that is above 500, out in the Western Conference, second night of a back-to-back on their home court. I don't know how miraculous it was, but I can certainly tell you I was not expecting a win last
2: night. No, I was not either. I mean, as I watched that basketball game, I was sitting there and I was like, well, at some point you felt like the storm was coming and it was going to go down the drain and it was going to be all bad. And then the next thing you know, you look up and they got a victory, man. So that was a a good uh, quality win for the Hornets.
1: It was a very good quality win. Now the question, too, that we've really focused more so on the future with this team because it's not fun talking about losing basketball constantly i am glad that they ended the losing streak before we even flirted with detroit pistons territory yes because that would have been awful so they got rid of that they at least got one win on the west coast road trip before they come back they play chicago um is it the united center anymore It's always going to be. Is it still? Okay. It's always going to be. Even if it's not, we'll call it the United. You're right. Just like Staples Center is still where the Lakers play, even though I know it's like
2: crypto. Shout out to Terry Rozier, too, man. Coming off the sickness, 34 points, 14 in the fourth quarter, 13 to 24. That's exactly why we wanted to lead off with him.
1: Because what Terry Rozier did last night, you mentioned it, 34 points actually wasn't amazing shooting from three except for one of the monster shots that he hit (laughs) colin is just now seeing me
2: (laughs) in the Bumblebee costume
1: (laughs) i think i killed colin behind the glass um terry rogier doing a lot of his work inside the three point arc and west the dude's just clutch two years ago there were two years in a row before last year and the season mired an injury and whatnot Terry Rozier was maybe the most clutch player in the league. Of course, they announced that they're going to give a clutch award last year, the only time Terry is in clutch because of all the injuries, whatever, and it goes to De'Aaron Fox. But that battle between those two guys where Terry comes out on top because De'Aaron missed a mid-range jumper, missed a three-pointer, and Terry just kept hitting shots. P.J. Washington, nice cut to finish with a flush to take the lead in the last minute of that game. Man, we've had so many Terry Rozier appreciation segments because there's not been a lot to focus on in a positive way. Terry has just been fantastic, and he's needed. They had to rely on him. He put the team on their back. And so now the question is, man, with him being the focal point of so many trade discussions – do you trade him at the deadline? Does it change anything? Does the asking price go up? Because you think it still is the best interest of this team to still trade Terry and get as many assets in return before you go into next year? What do you do with Terry Rogier at the deadline? Yeah, I think
2: you got to move him at this point. Like I said, the Hornets need a culture switch. I've been saying it from the beginning, but I think you've got to find the right mix of guys. It's got to be the right trade. It's got to be a trade with philosophy in mind, not just bringing in a guy that's a baller because you've already got that. Terry Rogier is a baller. But you got to get something that's really going to be a great building block for the next uh, set of years, whether it's going to be a plethora of picks or it's a veteran or two that you're going to get back in return that you really feel like can help. It's got to be a combination of players and picks that's going to really help move this franchise forward.
1: Let's read some text on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line. What do you want to do with Terry Rogier at the deadline or maybe even in the offseason if he still is on the roster? We can go to 5 for 12. 5 for 12 writes in, I absolutely love Terry, but trade him now for rebuild before something Hornets, <laughs> before something hornets happens. Yeah, that's tough. Jack writes in, don't trade him for some second-round picks. Terry is him, and I think Jack is right. Mm-hmm. If you want to trade him,
2: It's got to be worth
1: it. It's got to be worth it. I I don't know what kind of trade value he would bring in return, but, man, he's going crazy right now. The way that he's helping, just even scoring off of the bench, he's playing like a starter-level player, but you would think a contender might go after him and bring him off of the bench. Man, he's shooting 47% from the field, even if the three-point percentage is a little bit down here, Wes. He's hitting his shots in the paint and in the mid-range so much so that the efficiency, in my opinion, balances out on top of him averaging a career high by a decent amount in assists per game. just This is the kind of example of a player that his ceiling isn't necessarily reached at 26 27 years old right it goes to show you players still can get better now you can get in a lot of trouble by trying to hold on to a guy until he's 30 because that's when they're gonna hit no i'm not saying you make your decision based on that but it doesn't mean you have to write these guys off because okay they're done this is what they showed us at 25 26 they're never gonna figure it out Man, it took a long time for Terry to try to figure out how to be a point guard in the NBA and and facilitate. He's not LaMelo. He's not even—I wouldn't call him a top 12 point guard, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote, facilitator type of guy. But Combo, where you absolutely have that in your arsenal? Yeah, man, Terry has become one of the better—at least one of the better players in that regard in the first— 30 some games of this season and so it's going to be tough to watch him leave if he is traded and it's been a real roller coaster type of career here with the hornets first we didn't want him because he traded kimba walker in a sign and trade oh yeah you really traded for something special there kimba's out of the league and terry's balling that's just how it is. Yeah. And then LaMelo comes aboard, so then now Terry has to take a back seat in the backcourt. He did so with Devontae Graham when he started balling out as a second-round pick. Terry thought he was going to have one role, but then that has to shift by all-star break, and he told you, that was kind of hard for me to adapt. I really had to take time to reflect on what my role was with this team, and then I came out the second half of that season, and I balled then. I just... I really appreciate the kind of professional that Terry Rozier has been with the Charlotte Hornets, despite the reputation of him coming from Boston West, where he was kind of viewed as this malcontent. That's not been the case here in Charlotte.
2: Yeah, because when he came over initially, you know, I thought he was just going to be an inefficient guard that saw Charlotte as an opportunity to come here and chuck up as many shots as he could each night and pad his stats before moving on elsewhere. And he has grown in his role, and I think you see... But now I think last year really prepared him to where he said, all right, you know, whenever my numbers call, whatever they need, I'm going to do it. And you see it in his play. I mean, like you said, career high in assists, the shooting is way more efficient. I mean, he's shooting 47 percent from the field, 36 from three and, you know, only two turnovers a game. And so you can't ask for much more than what you're getting from Terry as far as on the court, selflessness, doing what his team needs to try to get them A win and the thing i love about it is no matter what the record man he's still playing hard yeah he's out there giving it a hundred and fifty thousand percent all right
1: jack also said terry ceiling is the roof excellent quote there Cajun andy said i'm at a loss of what to do with terry what are you gonna get get another selfish diva who plays no defense terry might be the only guy who plays hard we can certainly appreciate what he's done especially on the offensive end of the floor. And Sad Cat Lancaster, South Carolina said, I know he's a great trade. Uh, he's a great trade asset, but can we keep Rogier and build around him with Ball, Miller, and Williams? Look, the contract is going to go down as far as the percentage of the cap as new TV contracts come in. It's something you always have to keep in mind. It's still a pretty big contract. And if he's balling as well as he is right now, then you don't want to lose capitalizing on what that value is. I just don't know if Terry and Lamella win the backcourt is what you want when you try to go win a play-off series. Like defensively, I think that leaves you susceptible. And if we're asking this team to play better defense, while Terry might be trying, the size does bring some limitations here. And so that's why I don't know if they're a perfect marriage. Offensively, they're pretty hard to beat. But defensively, I would like to have somebody that is really strong on that end and maybe can compliment LaMelo offensively, even if he can't take over like Terry. That's what I view it.
2: No, that's a smart way to view it because you look at playoff series, it's all about matchups and adjustments. And so if you got a guy like Terry Rozier, especially that's already not the greatest defensive player as is and lacking size, that's what teams are going to focus on. And for all of his brilliance on the offensive end, teams are going to target that matchup and use that to wear him down on the offensive end to where he will be less efficient because he's going to be so tired from the work he's getting defensively.
1: I feel like missy elliott wearing that trash bag in the music video you know what with this being such a beach ball it looks like i'm smuggling in this bee vest
2: i can't wait for you guys to see it out there man you got to hit that wesson walker twitter page for the exclusive video
1: also my wings look like they need some ironing yeah it's been folded and stowed away <laughs> for a long time, but had to bring it back out. I yeah. think the second or third time that I've worn it. All right, it's Walker in a B costume <laughs> alongside Wes and Fiddy. We'll move on. David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, released a statement after the Duval drink toss. What do we take away from the two sentences that he released to the public? We'll talk about it coming up next. Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
2: We are paying
1: off our punishments in the week of January. You donated. You guys stepped up to the plate in a way you never have before for street turkey. So we're going to make ourselves look foolish. And I'm batting lead off. I've got the buzz, white ear to the rescue punishment all said and done. Going to wear it for, I guess, the next three hours. And then it will be all said and done. I have my B costume on. You can go check me out how ridiculous I look at Wes and Walker. At Wes Bryant underscore 72, as well as at Walker Mail. I'll put a retweet out there. I'll make myself look even more foolish if you want me to. It's all
2: good. We all got it coming. That's the thing. The picture you took,
1: you know, you asked me to pose or just do something. Yeah. I didn't know what to do, but I realized that we got to take a picture because this is an audible medium. We need to somehow find a way to bring the visual effects to the audible medium. And so we got to put a picture out there. I knew I had to do something. The pose I went with was just showing the stangy. That's, That's fine. That little stang face.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I got the video of you changing into it. Yeah. So they got, uh, you know, we're we definitely servicing the <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Now, now Kyle, this is
1: my right. favorite part. This is my favorite part because Colin walks behind the glass and then he starts dying. Now Kyle Bailey, Beetle Bailey, if you will, walking behind well, howdy the glass. Well, bill- there y'all kyle bailey here <laughs> kyle wants to hurt me a little bit kyle wants to hurt me a little bit for that one but now he's walking behind the glass and sees how ridiculous i look this is the best part seeing everybody give me the crazy look as i don the b costume um i was giving a crazy look at that statement that we got from david tepper because it was two sentences wes for those that don't know i'm i don't know if there's anybody that doesn't know but david tepper got mad at a fan For saying whatever, we still don't know what was said. But in his suite, in his owner's box at the Jag Stadium, he tossed a drink outside the window that was open. And then as soon as he tossed it at a fan, he left immediately with Scott Fitterer staring, not having said a word even still. And because of that, the video that caught him tossing a drink, that started circulating pretty quickly after the game. And David Tepper... Caught a three hundred thousand dollar fine. We discussed the punishment yesterday. Two hundred fifty thousand was given to Bud Adams after he gave a double bird. The owner of the Tennessee Titans at the time, two hundred fifty thousand in two thousand nine. Okay, so three hundred thousand for David Tepper. As many people tweeted, it's quite literally nothing to him. Nothing. It's the equivalent of I think it's 0001 percent of his net worth, which is over twenty billion, something like that. This is the statement that David Tepper released along with the news that came in of his $300,000 fine for his actions. Quote, I am deeply passionate about this team and regret my behavior on Sunday. I should have let NFL stadium security handle any issues that arose. I respect the NFL's code of conduct and accept the league's discipline for my behavior. End quote. All right. So you have, by my count, three sentences in this statement. Usually I can understand what a team coaches whomever wait a little bit before a statement or, you know, or they even say less because sometimes when you say too much, it goes poorly for you. When, when, When you say something too long, even the odds of you saying something stupid, they go up. But when you wait two days before you release a statement that's only three sentences long and it doesn't include anything other than you trying to absolve your behavior by chalking it up to passion. With a weak fine to boot. Yeah, David Tepper doesn't get it, Wes. No. David Tepper still doesn't get it. He tried to justify this with passion. Passion is a dangerous thing to chalk things up to. Because you can justify your behavior a lot if you try to put a lot of stock into, oh, well, it was passionate, so it's okay. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm just passionate about that team. Are other owners not passionate? Do you think you earn some kind of medal because you show your actions, because you show your emotions more so than the other owners who are trying to win as well? I imagine they're pretty passionate, too, even if you want to view it from a cynical standpoint in that it affects their bottom dollar. But I'm pretty sure they're passionate, and we haven't seen them throw a drink on anybody. But no, it was passion for you, David Tepper. Hey, you really care. No, I want you to show that you care by helping this team get better on the football field, something you've done the worst job at, according to any, compared to any other owner in the National Football League. Wes, the man doesn't get it, and I have zero evidence to believe that he ever will.
2: No, he doesn't, and we've seen it already with the press conference. We've seen it already, just the fact that his lack of thought going into this whole thing, and as I said, we're all human. We all let our anger get the best of us, but as an owner of the NFL team, I expect more. I expect you to understand, hey, if I do this, I'm going to become a distraction to my team. I expect you to know that, hey, you know, I probably could get caught from this, and yeah, a lawsuit might not be much to him, but the main thing is just with your football team on the field, with Everything that is going on, all of the losing that's been happening, all of the negative stories that have come out and a lot of it about you. And that's the thing, too, that shows you how much he does not care. That story that came out in Athletic, when they're talking about all of the things that you were doing to hurt this franchise. And you said, I'm going to do one more thing that's going to attract more negative attention to my franchise, which is throw a drink on somebody. And even in the statement, he says, I regret my behavior, okay, but he didn 't apologize to Correct. the person that he threw the drink on, okay, so that 's terrible. Uh, I would expect if somebody did that to him, he would expect an apology from them, so just all the way around, this is just uh i 'm not going to say unfathomable, but it 's just inexcusable to say the very least. And for an owner like that, man, especially at his age, man, I'm like, you're too damn old to be acting like this, man. You're an elder. You it, should be setting an example. It is funny
1: because if you go to Phoenix where Matt Ishbia purchases the Suns and then you see it from him, oh, here's this young whippersnapper buying a basketball team and acting like a fool. Oh, look, there's Mark Cuban, which maybe people would point to and say, hey, he's passionate. He's gotten ejected from games. He's received technical fouls. Yeah, but he's not throwing drinks on people. Right. Now, there are things that that... that happened on his watch that you can really accuse him of maybe not deserving to have a basketball team anymore. And there was just a sell, even though a sale, even though there was, you know, some stipulations that's a little different. Mark Cuban still controls basketball operations, even if there was just a sale of the team where he's not majority owner anymore. Regardless, that's neither here nor there. David Tepper is the only one that we've seen throw a drink at people. And that's the thing that's inexcusable. It doesn't matter what was said. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm not saying that these fans deserve to say anything like security should handle it. He's, he's not wrong. Now, when you focus on that rather than showing any sign of contrition, that's the part that's wrong. But he's not wrong in saying he should have let security handle it. That would have been the thing to do. But Tepper doesn't get it. And if he doesn't get it, how do you expect him to change? He's been right from a business point his whole life. You can't tell that man nothing. He can make any decision he wants to. He can act any way he wants to because he believes he'll have some level of success equivalent to a $20 billion net worth. Meanwhile, he's asking the basement dwellers that he called basement dwellers to be kind to him. Remember that? He said, hey, guys, be kind to me. I'm still learning on the job, too. So he's asking the basement dwellers to be kind to him on social media because he brought them music. He brought them good fortune. He showed them the door into a whole new world that we've never seen before. You've never heard music. Not little old Charlotte. Yes. Who is this Elton John you speak of? (laughs) The glasses? I need to get on his music. When did he drop? In 2020? This is new to me. I've never seen it. Thank you, David Tepper. Now, man, how can we believe in that guy who releases his three sentences without any apology after a drink toss that was completely uncalled for, even from fans? Those guys get kicked out. And here's the owner doing something that a
2: fan would get kicked out for. Ridiculous. And not only that, you know, the people that are saying, oh, well, what did the fans say? Do you know when you step on enemy turf? And you are the owner of the franchise and you decide to sit in the suite with the windows open again, not giving fans the right to say whatever they want to say. But, dog, you know how this is. You know football. You know how people get with their teams. You know they're going to talk crazy. So if you encounter that, you simply tell them, hey, shut the glass. And if it gets that bad, you're, you want to flex your power and your muscle Then get security down there to get them out of there. That's all you got to do. And I'm not saying, you know, people are supposed to be perfect and never have a temper, things like that, man. But you got to be able to read the room and you got to be able to live at a, at a higher standard when you're a person of that stature. Well, and There's no is,
1: excuse. So we agree 100 percent. Delbert and people like Delbert writing in on the text line. What did the other guy say? He might have said something about his wife or his mama. I've done worse than throw a drink I would have done worse than throw a drink on him. Okay. Well, okay. Maybe that's true, Delbert. I mean, Delbert kind of sounds like a name that might do something worse than just throw a drink (laughs) on somebody. I'm with that. Okay. I believe you. And I even believe that other fans would have done that too. I'm sure a fight could have started had another fan thrown a drink on somebody else. I'm sure a fight could have started. That guy is an owner of a National Football League team. How in the world do you not hold him to a higher standard? Yeah, there's clearly levels to this. The fans get kicked out, by the way. Like, let's not lose sight of that. Well, maybe his mama said something. Maybe he said something about his mama. and a mama joke?
2: Right. Do we not say those in elementary school? Right. You might have scrapped if it got too far. Maybe it got too far. And how do you not expect fans to say stuff? Like, if I'm an owner and I'm going to watch a game at an a opposing team's field, I'm going to expect them to say the worst of the worst. Yeah, what them. are we expecting? Like, this isn't <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> saying, yeah. People are going to be rowdy at a football
1: game. And so if you have the window open because you want to enjoy the environment that is around you, that's the environment, David. Yep. That's the environment that you chose to enjoy with the window open. And I'm not saying it justifies the fan to say anything he wants. By the way, we still don't – everybody that is saying he might have said something bad, okay, did you think about this? Maybe he didn't. Right. <laughs> that too. Can we give a little more credence to that side? Because for all we know, he could have said the worst thing in the world. He could have said something completely yeah. benign. But either way, both ends of the spectrum have, you know, just a good shot of happening. Now, David Tepper tried to act like he should have let security handle it. I mean, OK, I just how soft you got to be, man, to throw the drink, walk away. Scott Fitter is standing there because I don't know what to do either. I, th- this is how embarrassing it gets for the My Carolina is, Panthers. and ac- David Tepper.
2: What did he think he was accomplishing I by really walking
1: away? I don't know. Oh, well, he he wanted to get away from it all, man. Right. It would be because, look, if you're David Tepper, you throw it. I, I have to imagine even David Tepper has to believe there was probably something wrong done in that moment. And so subconsciously, whatever, you probably have to walk away because we know David Tepper even starting a fight with someone as as much as if it was a coward move to throw the drink and then walk, which I believe it was. You know, he's still going to walk away, but he knows nothing's going to happen to him. I'm not saying he believes that. Maybe maybe a fan would have gotten rowdy enough, because I can understand. Maybe a fan would have gotten rowdy enough to try to jump through that window and all hell break loose. Maybe that
2: would have happened. Security would have beat the brakes off of
1: it. If there was security in there, which you have to imagine there is at least someone that would step in between the fan and David Tepper. But David Tepper believes, because the odds are in his favor, nah, nothing's going to happen. I'm going to throw this drink. I'm going to walk away, and nothing's going to come from
2: it. But a video showed us what happened. And yet and that's like- the thing, too. When you're up there, you got to know, all right, if I know I'm, this is the owner's box and I've got the window open and fans are saying things, people are going to film that. Because people are going to want to put it on their social medias and different things like that, showing the fans talking trash to the owner. If anything, if nothing ever happened, you would know that people are going to record people talking trash to the owner as he's sitting in the box. And so that's another thing that has to be in your head. I know me personally, and I'm not even near the, the, the celebrity status in this town of uh, David Tepper. But I know I can't be out in public doing stuff wild because the first thing people like to do is pull their phones out. Like it is harder than ever to get away with doing something done, dumb in the eyes of the public because the first thing people want to do, no matter if it's something bad going on or something good going on, everybody's going to pull their phone out. And you don't think at a football stadium with 50,000, 60,000 people, that people are not going to have phones out when they see somebody uh, creeping up in the window of the owner to talk some trash to them. They're going to do that. So you got to be cognizant of that too.
1: So here's a question. How do you feel if you're a player on this roster? Seeing a two-win season so far get shut out against Jacksonville. Your, own, your coach gets fired 11 weeks in. And now your owner is throwing a drink on fans on a, at away games. He only gets fined 300000 It's really not that much. Not Certainly not much to him. What are you thinking if you're a player or if you're even Bryce Young? Like, it's funny to think of the college football game where Alabama goes to overtime against the number one seed. And Bryce Young's thinking, man, do I want to play in Carolina with this monstrosity of an NFL season? Or I could have won that championship I never did as a full-on starter. Right. Yeah. Like, what, what, what are you thinking if you're Bryce Young?
2: Yeah, uh, I'm thinking that it probably would have been a lot more fun to stay in college, get this NIL money, <laughs> go to the playoffs, and Alabama probably could have stood an even better chance of winning. I do like Jalen Monroe a lot, and I think he's come a long way, but I don't think he beats out Bryce Young. And I think if Alabama had him, you know, maybe, maybe things would have been different, but – you know, that that's in the world of what ifs, but I do know that, you know, the college life and all the NIL money because he would have made a boatload. He'd have been right up there with anybody as far as what he would have earned at Alabama than, you know, getting my head smashed in 50-plus times on sacks and then not to mention how many times I've been hit and getting losing and beat down and got to watch the guy that got drafted behind me shine. It's a lot better alternatives. <laughs> Living the college life for Bryce Young this past year.
1: Well, Stanford P writes in, if you're a player, you get fined and suspended, which is funny. When the next fine is handed down to one of these players for, I don't know, breaking team rules or whatever, and then these players are going to understand the percentage of what their paycheck is, what their worth is, compared to what David Tepper's is, and it's going to be higher. Whatever fine comes their way, it's going to be higher. Then how are they feeling? If you're a player and you threw a drink
2: on a fan, that guy would get suspended. That's what I'm saying. And he deserves to apologize to the players for that. He, he he really should because any player that would have done something egregious like that, you better believe one of the first things that would have come out of their mouth like, oh, I'm sorry, to Mr. Tepper. They would have said that along with the apologies they gave to everybody else. So he deserves to give them that same courtesy They go down there and apologize for his behavior because me as a player, for one, I, I wouldn't have already – I wouldn't have liked him anyway already from a lot of the stuff he's done right. for now. And then they come down and apologize. I mean, I I still would have been like, get out of here with that. but. I'd have been like, you know, at least the uh, uh, apologized and tried to show some type of contrition to the players. But I think they deserve that. They've gone through enough this year, man. Well, and it's something that Mike
1: Florio and Chris Sims talked about, too. Here we are talking about how if it was a player who throws a drink somehow, right, maybe throws the open cup of Gatorade on a fan that is yelling because you don't think players have heard worse? Whatever you think was said to David Tepper, you don't think players have heard worse Much in worse. any
2: of their games? Much worse. <laughs> I mean,
1: think about that. The guys that are close to the sideline, some knucklehead gets close to you, screams out something vicious, and yet they are not allowed to do anything. Because fans, when they buy a ticket, they feel like a lot of times they can just say whatever they want. Hey, I purchased this ticket with my own money. I worked hard for this money, so I'm going to say whatever I want. That is a wrong mentality to bring. But you don't think players heard worse than whatever David Tepper heard in your mind? Yeah, man, it's way worse. And here's the double standard that Mike Florio and Chris Sims were talking about a part of Pro Football Talk.
2: This is the latest example for the NFL to
1: prove yet again that in a situation like this, the owner is not going to get the punishment that a player or a fan would get for throwing a drink on somebody at a game. Oh, those the crazy renegade NFL football players. They're always doing things crazy football players. Like, yeah, kiss my butt with all that conversation. Like an NFL football player would already have come out and apologized for his actions. Period. I don't we don't need any this is what happened whatever. There was a guy that did this. we got the videotape, okay? Sorry, we've seen it. We don't need an explanation or trying to put a toothpaste in the back in the bottle, whatever. Like man up and apologize for what you did right? And that is an issue with me, right? The NFL player would have already been forced to apologize by the owner and the coach, let alone he probably would have just said that was wrong on his own and wouldn't even have to be told that, let alone like the NFL would have already sent a, you know, a fine letter to that player by now. If you're a player and you're meeting with David Tepper after a fine or a suspension, how does that man across the table hold any accountability to you? How does that man hold any credibility to you?
2: And that's one of the best points, Walker, I got to say that you brought up in this whole thing. One that I didn't even think of. It's like if you would, the players would say some of the things that fans say to them, there's nothing that a fan could have said to temper to top what they hear because fans are going to take anything personal. They're going to take, you know, they talk about your nationality. They're going to say everything there is. And the first thing he would say if a player had done this is, well, you got to be able to keep your cool, man. Fans are going to say stuff. Oh, yeah, really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Be above that. Yeah, thanks. You're a professional. Right. Exactly. I
1: guess David Tepper ain't. He ain't acted like it.
2: Yep.
1: Pretty easy to see that. Let's move (laughs) on, man. We got more David Tepper combo coming your way here on Wesson Walker. We can talk a little bit more about a topic we approached a little bit there. Should Bryce have pulled at Andrew Luck, stayed in school? We can talk about the success of the college football playoff games over the weekend, watching Alabama and Michigan go at it, top ten viewed cable program all time. Let's get down to it. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.
2: McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried
1: chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know
2: what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's.
1: ba da ba ba
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 92.7
1: WFNZ, as always, we appreciate you listening. Just got a chance to look at some of the tweets put out there by our very own Wes Bryant via his own Twitter account and the at Walker Twitter account. Got to see me put on the Bumblebee costume that I promised our listeners I would wear if they donated $100 to our street turkey show just uh, in November, just a couple months ago. And we're finally paying off all of those debts. Wes has a North Carolina outfit coming his way. Oh, I'm not looking forward to it. Yep, I know. It's painful, man. I got a bee costume that I'm wearing right now. Again, you can go check it out at Wes and Walker. Got my stinger out there. <laughs> and just so you know, it's a fake stinger in case you want to get crazy with it. Let's not do that. I got my wings <laughs> that need some ironing for sure. They're like droopy wings. You know, I need these guys. It's been folded, stowed away for quite some time. Brought it out for the first time in like a year. So yeah, the the wings, they're a little sad. I don't know if I'm a flying bumblebee, but I'm still still got a little life to me. I got my cap with the antennas on. So one punishment done and two more hours here left to go on Wesson Walker. Is it a punishment that Bryce Young has to play for the Carolina Panthers his first year while he gets to be Squidward? Looking out of his Eastern Island head household, watching SpongeBob, C.J. Stroud, Patrick, Anthony Richardson, despite the injury, Will Levis with Tennessee, getting to watch those guys play with other weapons and offensive lines that are better, even if it's not a great situation. It feels like Bryce Young is kind of undergoing a punishment at this point to where it has us asking, And would Bryce young have been better suited (laughs) just staying another year in school, even though it's hard for me to advise that for any QB that could capitalize on a number one overall pick just because of the money. And it did seem like it was going to be a good situation for Carolina hindsight being 50, 50, like Cam Newton said, Man, it's tough to view this as the better decision when you could have gone to the playoff and maybe even won the whole damn
2: Well, especially now with NIL involved, we know he would have made millions staying at Alabama. Not quite the money that he's making here in the pros. And I know it's the dream and the challenge, especially for a guy like Bryce Young that's been undersized his entire life. Uh, I, I see it from a couple of angles. If he comes out this year that would be interesting to see if he would have still been the number one pick because based off the season he would have had and the numbers that he would have put up, I think he still would have been up there, but it would have been much more of a debate between him and Caleb and Drake May and all those guys. He would have had a lot more competition at the position. But you know, man, listen, it's human nature. You can't tell me that Bryce and his parents didn't look, take a look at Alabama the season they were having them going to the championship and think sometimes like, man, you know, do you ever think about if you were back at Alabama? Do you wish you were still at Alabama? And I think there were times, that you can't tell me to a man, and I know he would never say this, but mm-hmm. there were times I'm sure that he wished he was back at Alabama because for one, the college life is just different. You know, you it's carefree. You don't have a ton of responsibilities. Sure, there's pressure being a quarterback for Alabama, but it's not the same as the NFL, but the beatdowns that he's taken. And I know – if I think, like I said, I know the type of football character he has, I'm sure he's like, man, you know, this is the type of year that I'm going to learn from, and it's going to make me that much more of a of a player. And he may look at this type of season as uh, the type of season that gave him a real introduction to pro football, and that's going to propel him. But I still think that there were times, uh, especially probably watching that playoff game on Monday, that he probably thinks, man, I wonder what life would have been like if I would have stayed in school.
1: Well, what's funny is now, <laughs> like – If we really wanted to dig deep into what could have happened this year, Bryce Young goes back, so you don't select him. All right, so now you select, do you trade up? Do you like C.J. Stroud enough to go trade up and go get him number one or even number two overall? You know, do you like, you know, whoever well enough? Because if you still hire Frank Reich and maybe Anthony Richardson is that guy, you know, because at that point, there's only the big QBs to choose from. Yeah. No small guy out there like Bryce, no Kyler Murray type who has the strong arm, the baseball arm, really athletic and can run, but still is small. No, you you have the guys that look like your prototypical QBs, and so maybe you select them. And then also, if it still works out to a point where you lose all of your games, and uh, let's say you did trade up to get number one, well, here's Chicago taking Bryce Young instead. And now you have to figure out, or I guess you'd still be going up against Caleb Williams. Look, it would be really tough for Bryce young to have stayed because then you're not going to be the number one overall pick over Caleb Williams. You're not going to be the number one overall pick over Drake may, in my opinion. Like you can look at the better resume. You think so?
2: Yeah. How so? Because, um, you know, Bryce was very prolific when he was at Alabama and they had a, uh, Pretty good receiving core. If I was to rank this receiving core Alabama had in the last three years, I would put it second behind Bryce's first season as a starter when he had those monsters in there. But Bryce would have put up crazy numbers. Uh, At this point, the numbers compiled, the wins, all those things would have put him as one of the absolute greatest quarterbacks in college football history. He's already that as a uh, Heisman Trophy winner anyway. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, the Caleb Williams, maybe there would have been an edge over it. But I don't think Drake May would have been over That's fair. Maybe I don't think Caleb Williams though. And I think it would have been a debate with Caleb Williams.
1: Yeah, I think Caleb Williams still goes number one. I think because so much of it isn't like if we did this based on how successful you were in college, we're not talking about the Heisman Trophy winner, going number one every year. If you're a QB and you win the Heisman, it doesn't mean that you are guaranteed to go number one yeah. as that pick in the NFL. So we could say Bryce Young had a better collegiate career than Caleb Williams if we want to, especially if Bama gets to the college football playoff and Caleb Williams is out here going seven and five. That's true. But as far as when they look at the intangibles, well, not not the intangibles, the tangibles, mm-hmm. when they start to look at the size, mm-hmm. the speed, the strength, that that's going to do enough. For Caleb Williams to still go number one overall. The stats are going to be crazy with Bryce. But they care too much about the body too. C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, there were enough questions about them to where those were not the QBs that were going to overtake Bryce Young. And even still, it wasn't a foregone conclusion for everybody that Bryce should be the number one pick. Houston, Carolina, they decided Bryce would have been the number one pick. C.J. Stroud, uh, he falls to the Texans, so they take him. But he was not the consensus number one like Caleb Williams probably will be, even if Drake Mays kind of
2: closed the game. Yeah, because they put that generational tab on – uh, Caleb and Drake May as well. But I still think, you know, because, I mean, man, you look at Bryce. That 2021 season, oh, those 4800 stats are stupid. yards, yeah. 47 to 7. Oh, and I think he would have had a year similar to that uh, this year. I think he would have put up big numbers. It would have been a debate, though. I mean, there's no way we can ever know. That's why we like to have fun with topics like this. Yeah, the
1: the stats would have been crazy for Bryce. I just think with with the body that Caleb Williams has, it's just, you know, that that was the reason as to why somebody might like C.J. Stroudmore. And the accuracy, too, but it was always about him facing pressure. He wasn't performing as well. Was the Georgia game real? And uh, Bryce Young is the quarterback that got drafted number one in this bad situation. And I we didn't see it coming. We didn't see it was going to be this bad, especially compared to Houston and Indianapolis, who's fighting for a playoff spot as we speak, heading into the last week of the regular season. A couple more topics I wanted to get back to, but we're up against a break. We still have some Andrew Luck comparisons, right? Him staying in school, could that have happened? Adam Schefter has a soundbite on the Panthers, how they have to find someone who's going to help Bryce turn into the QB. They thought he is going to, Um, but we still have Campus Corner to get to. College basketball, Carolina wins, Duke wins, lots of ACC basketball to go over coming up next. Campus Corner, Weston Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.